Locked On Podcast Network and Bet Online present NFL Key Predictions. The local team experts of Locked On NFL give you the inside knowledge on the biggest games of the week and betting advice from the field's leading experts. You are Locked On NFL Key Predictions. Hey, everyone, and welcome into NFL Key Predictions. I'm Jordan Black. Outside of the Monday night matchup, every game in our Week 15 slate has major playoff implications, from teams battling for wildcard spots to division titles still up for grabs. We kick things off with two teams heading in opposite directions. For the Jets, what once felt like a dream season has quickly turned into a team on the brink. Losers of three out of their last four, New York faces a must-win if they want to stay in the playoff bubble for another week. Standing in their way will be the white-hot Detroit Lions, who are winners of five out of their last six games. The Lions' offense is capable of scoring 30-plus any given Sunday, so the Jets' top-end defense will have its hands full. Matt Derry from Locked on Lions joined John Butchko from Locked on Jets to preview this matchup. All right, Matt, I, th- I think we both have a lot of respect for our opponent this week, but only one team can win this game unless you're going to pick a tie, which I don't think you'll do. But who do you think comes comes away victorious in the Meadowlands? You know, this is tough. Um, <laughs> there's a part of me that says, man, the Lions are really playing well. You mentioned the Jets being banged up, and the Lions really have no fear right now. I mean, they, they, they've already gone into this same stadium and won against – you know, uh, what was at the time a superior opponent, at least on paper. Um, Jets, obviously, seven and six, Lions, six and seven. Like you said, it's kind of a pick 'em game. I don't know. I, I'm i kind of, I mean, I hate to waffle on this. I mean, maybe I'll take the home team. I, you know, I have a weird feeling that this is going to be, this is going to come down to the kickers. And Michael Badgley's been good for the Lions. Don't get me wrong. He's been a little shaky the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I think the kicking game, something weird happening, everything's kind of gone the Lions' way the last six weeks outside of the Thanksgiving game where they lost a tight one. Are they due to lose? You know, you look at the schedule and you go Jets, Panthers, Bears, and Packers in Week 18, which could be a bunch of, you know, uh, second and third stringers by that point. You know, the, the game that's probably the toughest is this one. So... I'll say low scoring and maybe a 21-20 Jets final as they kind of get back on the horse here at home. Um, But nothing would surprise me in this game. The the Lions winning would not surprise me at all. But I'll take the Jets by one in a tight one. Yeah, I was trying to bait you into picking the tie. That might be the (laughs) – one of these days I'm going to get somebody to pick a tie in one of these crossover Thursday shows. Hey, there's been plenty of them, so. I mean, that's the thing is like this – I think this is going to be a very tight game because – these teams, I think, are pretty evenly matched. Um, you know, and this game does not look as favorable for the Jets as maybe it did a couple of weeks ago. Now, when you're a Jets fan, there's no game that you should ever take for granted. I think you've been through the last decade plus what Jets fans have been through. You're always going to respect your opponent. The Lions team that's coming into the Meadowlands playing great. But, I mean, I look at this and I say, as well as the Lions are playing, and I, I think that they are absolutely heading in the right direction i have a lot of respect for what they're doing if you want to be a playoff team it's december this is a game you got to win at home i worry about how banged up the jets are but i do think they're going to be able to run the ball on detroit i think that this defense is going to be able to prevent the big play and you know essentially i think that this in some ways 
stylistically the the Jets are kind of a favorite have kind of a are have a good are a good matchup for this Lions team on offense as well as Jared Goff and, and they're they're playing. I wouldn't be surprised by anything that happened. In fact, I'm tempted to pick the tie mat, but I think I'm <laughs> going to go Jets 21, Lions 17. Yeah, I think we're right around the same spot. Um, win or lose, you got to be. People in Detroit are thrilled that we're even having this discussion about playoffs in year two of the rebuild in December. Um, you know, but I just, I don't know. I got a weird feeling for this. I could be wrong. I could really be wrong um, because the Lions have played so well, especially offensively. But uh, I think a few bounces, you know, you never know in that building with the wind. And I'll, that's why I think the Jets will win. But very close. Yeah, I would be surprised if this was a blowout either way. I mean, that's that's one prediction I feel pretty safe in making because I think these are both teams that are really tough outs. And I, I'll be honest with you, Matt, if I'm a team in the NFC at the top of them, this Detroit team is not the team I want to face. Yeah, and I think the Jets would be a very tough out. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how far the Jets would go, but I don't think the Jets are a team anybody would want to face if, in the AFC playoffs either. Now, from Locked On Bets, here's Lee Sterling. This is Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets and Paramount Sports with your Bet Online prediction for the game between the New York Jets at home, laying one point against the Detroit Lions. Now, the loser of this game is going to have a really tough time making the playoffs. Jets at seven and six, Detroit six and seven. Detroit, much improved with offense, number six this year. They've skyrocketed to the top here, but the Jets will counter this game with a number three rated defense. They get pressure on the quarterback, they're nasty. The Jets, having trouble on offense, scored just two touchdowns in their last two games. One of the games was at Buffalo, so in horrible conditions, so that can partially be explained, but the Lions have also improved their defense of late, but still rank 31st in the NFL in defense here. So I think Detroit is improved, but also the last three games have been played indoors. And Jarek Off, the quarterback for Detroit Lions, one of the worst cold-weathered quarterbacks. You know, I got to know which quarterbacks have trouble this time of the year in the NFL, late in the season, have trouble Poor weather, throwing a wet ball if they've got small hands here. So as long as Zach Wilson, who is now going to be the number two quarterback for this game, doesn't have to enter and it's just Mike White who will play the game, uh, I feel pretty confident that uh, the Jets will prevail. I'm going to lay the small spot to one point here. I think the Jets prevail 24-20. For more, subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get, you get your podcasts. The Titans are a throwback team built on a bulldozer running game and timely quarterback play from Ryan Tannehill. In a weak AFC South, one more win would bring the divisional crown and playoff berth within Tennessee's grasp. The Chargers have traded off wins and losses for the last four weeks and are currently on the playoff bubble behind the New England Patriots. Although every game is critical, with their final three opponents holding a combined 11-27-1 record, LA has a very achievable path to a playoff berth. Tyler Rowland from Locked on Titans and Daniel Wade from Locked on Chargers break down this AFC bout for us. Daniel, I'm going to put you on the spot out of the gate here. Who do you think wins this game? 
It's tough, right? I mean, it's always on these crossover Thursdays doing it before we really right. know the extent of the injuries. I mean, that's a very right. long injury list for the Titans. It's not many times <laughs> I see teams that have a longer injury list than the Chargers do. So that was a little bit surprising today. But like, I mean, when the, you know, players like Derwin James, right, and, and guys of that yeah. nature are kind of hanging in the balance. It's hard to say, but I think we have a good idea, at least of, you know, 90% of the people that are going to be in this game. And I think for the Chargers, it's easy to say, see a variety of outcomes, right? And I think, you know, game flow is going to be huge in this one, right? And I think them getting out to a lead or just getting a lead, a substantial lead in this game, obviously plays hugely in their favor. I think I saw that Derrick Henry had three carries in the second half last week against yep. the Jaguars. Yeah, the Titans got down big, so they just Fort- kind of went away from it. 14 carries for 119 yards in the first half. Three (laughs) carries for two yards in the second half for Derrick Henry. You think it's important if the Chargers get a a lead in this one? One of the big things they did, too, was the Jaguars came out of halftime. They went and scored a touchdown on their Mm -hmm. opening drive, right? That was huge. It made it a 13-point game at that point. Yep. Titans couldn't go back to Derrick Henry, right? So, like, at that point, if the Chargers can do that, I feel really good about it. If they will be able to do that, it's another story entirely. I like the way the offense is playing. They've had some really good opening drives recently offensively. It's really tough, though, because this is the Chargers kryptonite. Derrick Henry is the last player they want to see coming into this, right? It was the same thing Mm -hmm. with Nick Chubb at a certain point, right? And players who are at least of that same ilk. I think the Chargers offense with Justin Herbert having the confidence that he has is going to be a little bit too much if things don't totally fall apart for them. And I think they're just going to be able to, with a banged-up Tennessee Titans secondary, Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to do enough offensively to kind of overcome some of the flaws in their defense. So my prediction for this game is Chargers 33, Titans 24. All right. All right. I can't, I can't listen. I think that you're in a good spot here. And I actually agree with all of that analysis. And like I said at the beginning, the strengths of the Chargers line up with the Titans weaknesses and the Titans strengths line up a little bit with the Chargers totally. weaknesses. So Basically, what it comes down to is who has the best chance where they're weak to stiffen up. And I think that the Chargers run defense, when you know that it's Derrick Henry and you know that that's the goal, even bad run defenses, like Denver's run defense was 21st. Philly's run defense hasn't been awesome this year. They found a way to really limit Derrick Henry because that's the only thing that you're worried about, quite frankly. And you're never going to take away Justin Herbert on the other side of that, right? There's no part Ex- of the game exactly. where you can't use Justin Herbert. I get what you're saying. Exactly. So I feel like in the battle of weaknesses, the Chargers' weakness will be less punitive than the Titans' weakness. I say all that to say this, though. The Titans win games like this. When it doesn't seem like they can win. When they got to go across the country. When they've lost three in a row. When the GM got fired. When the... Uh, the fan base believes that they're trash and should tank. Right. And blah, blah. every time that something like this happens, the Titans find a way to answer the bell and to get it yeah. right. That That's what everybody praises Mike Rabel for, is that he has this team ready to go and, and things don't snowball mm-hmm. on them, even with all the injuries. I think the Nico Autry plays in this game. And Dude. although Traylon Burks didn't practice on Wednesday, I think there's a chance he gets out of concussion protocol and is limited the rest of the week. If those two things happen, uh, even if Burks doesn't end up playing, I don't know what it is. This is just weird because I'm I'm considered a pessimistic analyst when it sure, comes to the Titans sure. from a lot of the fan base. I just think the Titans kind of look themselves in the mirror and find a way to get the win, even with all the things we've discussed. I don't think it'll be 
any kind of confident win. I think it's going to be incredibly sure. close. I think the Titans win this game 24 to 23. Yeah, drag them down into the mud. And and that's how the Titans win this game, I think. I mean, that's one of the things from afar I've always admired about Mike Vrabel is there's mm-hmm. always going to be a certain level of physicality, right? And physicality yes. is not the Chargers' strong point. And when right. finesse teams get smacked in the mouth with physicality, it kind of, you know, throws everything off. So, and I think yeah. it could go one of two ways. Like, I mean, that's why I was saying a variety of outcomes is like, that seems realistic to me. I mean, Derrick Henry, I mean, I think the crazy thing is going to your point is like Derrick Henry could rush for 160 yards in this game and the Titans could still right. lose, right? Yes, correct. I mean, Justin Herbert could, you know, throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns and the Chargers could still lose. Yes. Like that's just neither one of these teams are, I think, you know, complete <laughs> right, enough right. to feel great about this. I mean, the nine, a nine point victory is the biggest, you know, and well, you know, we're going on the spot here, but that's the biggest margin of right, victory right. I've seen by the Chargers. I think that what the Chargers have to hope is that Brandon Staley last week when you were talking about the game plan and stuff like that. Seeing it come to fruition like I did, I think is a huge thing in the locker room, yeah. especially for young defenders who are getting thrust They can in believe action. in it now, you know? When you see it go down the way it did against the Dolphins, and you're literally right. kind of embarrassing at certain points, you know, a guy who's mm-hmm. torched the league and, and two receivers that are talked about as two of the top 10 receivers in the league, Right. I think that can do something for you going down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a little bit of that in my analysis here. I mean, the Chargers still gave up, you know, 4.8 yards per carry last week and 100 yards, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just two running backs, though, it was 4.0 yards per carry, which is like by their standards is incredibly good. So yeah. we've seen some improvement. Derrick Henry is a different animal. If he gets going, mm-hmm. if you can give the Titans a lead and you just let that dude kind of grind you out in the second half, I think the Chargers lose this game. If their offense can keep it up, they can get ahead and you make – the titans have to play catch-up mode it might end up like the jaguars game right and it just might end up like the chargers game against the jaguars like there, there are a variety of outcomes i could see this game going either way but i think that's a great point you put up if the titans can drag the chargers into the mud make yeah. it a fist fight make it a fight in a bar parking lot you're playing right into their strengths and even coming across country they're a team that can do that led by that dude and once again from locked on bets here's lee sterling this is lee sterling from locked on bets and paramount sports with your bet online prediction for the game between the LA Chargers at home laying the three points taking on the Tennessee Titans. Now, been a rough week in Nashville. Nashville Predators in hockey lost four straight. Vanderbilt lost to Grambling in basketball. And then also, Tennessee Titans fired their GM, John Robinson, after they lost to the Jaguars for the first time in nine years. So, if you're living in Nashville, Last week's been a rough go. Actually, the last couple weeks for the Titans here. Still leading the division, though. But in their game last week against the Jaguars, four turnovers greased the skids. They were running up and down the field in the first half. Um, those turnovers just made the difference on the scoreboard and were not able to overcome it. Most teams can't when you have a 4-0 turnover disadvantage. But um, might be a positive here, going out on the road, going to L.A., some teams, they go out on the road and they bond it back. Mike Vrabel, 10-6, and six, head coach for the Tennessee Titans, against the spread the last 16 times as a road underdog. So I expect them to give a much better effort than last week. Probably won't turn the ball over four times. Also, the last six L.A. Charger games have been decided by one score. So I think the wrong team's favorite here. I love taking Tennessee when they're a dog here. I think they win the game outright 26-23 over the Chargers in L.A. For more, 
Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up? Oh, I'm just compiling all the top sports scores, news, and odds so I can make the very best picks. Me too. BetOnline.net. Get into the action anytime, anywhere at BetOnline.net. The championship runners-up a year ago, Cincinnati is now running a five-game win streak into Tampa Bay, with the AFC North lead potentially on the line. Having knocked off Kansas City and Tennessee in recent weeks, the Bengals are passing all their late-season tests en route to another playoff run. Now, the Bucs are 6-7 and seven while also leading the NFC North, and while their playoff berth was all but assumed, the resurgent Carolina Panthers are breathing down Tampa's neck, making a difficult matchup even tougher this Sunday. James Rapian and Jake Lisko from Locked on Bengals join David Harrison from Locked on Bucks for the preview of this AFC matchup. Cincinnati Bengals at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The home team always gets spotted three points, right? The Buccaneers are three and a half point underdogs, which kind of tells you the bookmakers probably think this is about a touchdown spread, give or take, uh, that the Cincinnati Bengals are really actually having an advantage over. Over under on this one is 44. Gentlemen, are you going to be making your score predictions here? Or you want to just talk about how you think maybe this thing unfolds? It doesn't matter. You know, I, I can talk about both. It, it It is tough on a Wednesday to do that as we record this. And I know it's crossover Thursday, but we're recording it on Wednesday night. And it's like, huh. But I think I can put together a score. I, I certainly know who I think is going to win regardless. I, I think it would be silly, much like last week, to pick against the Bengals the way they're playing. Now, that doesn't mean I can't see the path for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers because it's Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It's Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all of these guys that we saw win the Super Bowl a few years ago and storm back against the Rams who ultimately beat this Bengals team in Super Bowl 56, right? I mean, it's a lot of those same guys. And so could this offense get going? I think it can, especially without Trey Hendrickson and some of the injuries to the Bengals. But I just think best quarterback in this game as of now, it's Joe Burrow, best receiver, Jamar Chase. The, the more fluid and certainly consistent offense, which is kind of wild to say because the Bengals were so inconsistent offensively earlier in the year. But mm-hmm. the, the Bucks are the lowest scoring team in the NFC South. I saw that this week, which is just wild to me that yeah. this team led by Brady and company, just they haven't scored. And so I, I think that they're going, going to score some on, on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium, but it's not going to be enough. Give me, uh, give me the Bengals 26-23. All right, you got the Bengals 26-23. Fairly close to to the prediction that I have going here. You know, again, like like I said, the question is about whether or not the Buccaneers can finally perform the way that we kind of think this roster on paper should perform on the field. And, you know, it's it's we're we're past the midway of December point by the time this game actually happens. And I don't know, man. I've been I've been holding out hope that, you know, there was going to be a turning point. The thing that was concerning me the most during the season is at times you would hear the players themselves kind of say we think this is a turning point and i think turning points tend to be something we see in hindsight they don't Mm -hmm. they don't usually have it's not usually something you can point to as it's happening say boom there's your turning point it's usually something you see on an nfl films production and they say that was the turning point so that kind of was was a little problematic because we've seen this to to a point where the bucks pull out some sort of amazing last second win or a really strong game 
and everybody's kind of relaxes and says, okay, now we're good. Now that's the turning point. And then we come out uh, and we see the Buccaneers get smashed by the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, underdogs at home, not something that we've seen from the Bucs in the last few years, but I think it's warranted. And I think that uh, they lose by more. And as, as, as I see the Buccaneers right now, I do think the Bengals are on a roll. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL for a reason, and they're showing why. And I think they win this thing 31-21. to 21. I wonder about the Buccaneers' ability to defend the run in this game. We've talked a lot about receivers on both sides. I love the Bengals' run defense when DJ Reader's on the field, and this has been discussed. Uh, unlocked on Bengals ad nauseum this week. We can't stop talking about how good DJ Reader is, but I, I wonder with how Vita Vea, who I assume is doubtful to play in this game, Despite Levante David and, and Shaquille Barrett and some of the players that are on that defense, can they deal with a running game when, when they're also worried about Joe Burrow throwing the ball, especially if T. Higgins is back, especially if Tyler Boyd plays? Then it's a little bit of a pick-your-poison kind of game, and the Bengals have been able to run the ball for the past five, six, seven weeks. So I think that'll be one to watch. I don't do score predictions. I leave that to James. That's James's wheelhouse. But I just wanted to throw out one other little quirk of this game that I think you know, we haven't really talked about to this point, but, you know, if the Bengals are limited with their skill players again this week, if they can get the run game going earlier, they've shown that they can win games that way this year uh, mm. against worse teams. The, the Carolina Panthers, who you're familiar with in the NFC South, not a very good football team. But then again, who is a good football team in the NFC South right now? Let's see. Yeah, if I say the Carolina Panthers out, right? ran the Bucks out of uh, out of Charlotte. So <laughs> and, and the Bengals won that game by, I don't know. It was it was just not close at any point. Yeah. So that was the five touchdown mixing game. Yeah, it was yeah, a blowout. The, the massive mixing game. So and the, the the other note, sorry, I just don't want to forget AFC North three and zero against the Bucks this year. Wow. So could you could you imagine if the one team that doesn't beat them is the Bengals? And it, weird things happen all the time. That would be weird. This yeah. Bengals team lost to the Steelers. You know so. As did this Bucks team. Yeah, Vita Vea had not. I can't believe you guys lost to, to the Browns. By the way. That was the yeah. One. I mean that one. You know what? So that one actually we put oh. on the coaches. You know, a lot of these other ones. I mean, you put the coaches are taking a lot of blame, obviously as well. But you could point to some player performances and a lot of these other losses. That Browns game, I think, if you if Todd Bowles lets lets Tom do what he wants to do there at the end of that game, they come away uh, victorious. But you mentioned the run defense. You know, Vita Vea not practicing earlier this week. Carl Nassib, who was kind of a bright spot against San Francisco 49ers, I suppose at least from an effort standpoint and, and kind of helping to try to keep the mojo going. Julio Jones also not participating. Jamel Dean, though, he's he's one of the bigger ones, too, because even if they get Mike Edwards and Antoine Field Jr. back, but then you lose Jamel Dean, you know, yeah. it's it's two steps forward, one step back, which is still progress, but, I mean, it's not nearly as much progress as you want. So so we got uh, – we got it's it's all bangles here for for uh, for uh, for predictions, and that's also and a good plug for James's, uh, James's site there. Make sure you check out all bangles for Love all it. their coverage. Uh, of this James Jarko <laughs> writes for all Bengals as well so yeah. it's it's a family affair here but guys the biggest story recapping this this uh, episode here real quick before we wrap up for Tampa Bay is their continuation of coming apart at the seams just like just as we think that they're starting to figure something out or put something together they take uh, another step in the wrong direction and just seems to be the trend this season which unfortunately is uh, killing a lot of enthusiasm or optimism as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season Bengals 10 and 1 against the spread in their last 11 games too uh, the Bucks, I think, have the opposite record. If I'm counting correctly, I see actually it's nine. It's one and nine against the spread in their last ten games. So uh, there, there's some trends there that don't look yeah. very pretty as well. Bet online has the coverage of the lines ahead of this matchup. 
This is Bet Online All Access. It's the Bengals and Bucks on Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Beck, and Jonathan Casillas. Two teams trending in different directions. The Bengals are three and a half point road favorites, Anthony. Yeah, take the turkey out of the oven, guys. And Brady and the Bucks are that turkey. There's nothing to hang your hat on. They can score. I like Barrow to win big here on the road. Uh, lay those points. This might be the end of the Tom Brady era, boys and girls. This might be it. This might be the one that sends him home and says, you know what? I'm single now. I can live my life without football and all this stress. Got to go with the Bengals on this one. Probably win yeah. the big too. No, no need to overthink this one, guys. Lay the three and a half with Cincinnati. Joe Mixon's back. Jamar Chase is finding his stride. The Bengals are playing really good football. Lay the three and a half. Thanks, guys. Get Bengals, Buccaneers, and so much more on our full episode of All Access at BetOnline's YouTube channel. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we just know you're going to love. Find Think Like a Champion now wherever you get your podcasts. The Giants have been one of the more feel-good stories of the 2022 season, but coming off a blowout loss to the NFC-leading Eagles, New York now enters Washington having won just one contest over the past six weeks. A return to form for Saquon Barkley, who has been under three and a half yards per carry in four straight games, would keep the Giants firmly back in the wildcard picture. The Commanders are fresh off a bye and winners of six of their past eight games, a team peaking at the right time. If Washington can expose the Giants' weak run defense and banged up secondary, they could all but punch a playoff berth with a win. David Harrison from Locked On Commanders and Patricia Trania from Locked On Giants preview this NFC East battle. Huge game coming up on Sunday night. It'll be a late night, but hopefully it'll be an exciting game. And speaking of excitement, David, time for predictions. What are you thinking? So the commanders are favored by four and a half, according to our good friends at Bet Online, and uh, I like that spread. So, Patricia, you know, again, uh, the, you know, commanders fans, commanders media, like everybody, I think, came away from that game thinking that you know there's some things that the commanders could have done, even should have done, and they probably would have led to a victory. Now, but you got to give the Giants their due, right? They put 20 points on the board, and and you know, yeah, uh, deep in your own zone, strip sack, and all this stuff doesn't help. But, you know, the, the Giants earned everything that they got in that game, uh, I feel like. So 20 points, you know, I think it is obviously a mark that the Giants have shown that they can reach against this defense. Washington Commanders, though, they have a missed field goal from Joey Sly, and they have a play early in the game uh, where, where Taylor Heineke misses Logan Thomas. And, again, from the view of it, if he connects with Logan Thomas, it looks like Logan Thomas is walking in for a pretty, pretty easy early touchdown. They end up with a field goal on that drive, so they leave four points on the field. So I'm going to go a little bit symbolic here i guess and kind of uh and and you know what let's let's get those points back and i'm gonna go with washington 27 uh to 20 they get the seven points that they left on the field at MetLife back in this one the giants get their 20 again but uh the commanders come away with the win in this one wow okay um you know i gotta admit coming into this show i went back and forth mm -hmm. can the giants pull it off how are they going to respond um do they have the juice to cross the finish line I'm going to say, I think the Giants can do it. I'm going to be optimistic about it. I'm <laughs> going to say it's a close game. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go 24-20 Giants. Yeah. I think I think uh, Leonard Williams should be available to play. I think a lot of the guys who were, who were listed on the Giants injury report 
as being questionable should be okay to go. Um, Adoree Jackson, like I said, there's an outside chance he could play, although I'd be stunned if he does uh, Mm -hmm. play this week. Um, If that Giants offensive line gets its act together and they give some time to Daniel Jones to do what he needs to do, they open up some holes for Saquon Barkley, um, they could get it done. So yep. that's that's the one you know X factor for me is what will that offensive line do? But I do think the Giants are going to be in the right frame of mind. I don't think you know they're going to see this opportunity as being too big for them. And you know Washington and the Giants are basically almost identical in terms yeah. of where they're at. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, I, I'm going to give the nod to the Giants. I think this time they they come back and they they finish business. Yeah, I mean, look, you can see this game going either way. I think both teams, if they showed anything in the tie, it's that they can compete with each other and definitely take it, uh, not just four quarters, but almost five full quarters worth of of football. So, uh, yeah, it could it could go either way. And I think, you know, just like last time, I think four or five plays really is going to determine uh, just how this thing ends up. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, the crowd, you figure that in, into the equation. So I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of Giant fans that show up for this game. It's going to be an atmos- you know, electric atmosphere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it should be a fun one. I just hope it is a competitive game. And please, no overtime. Please, 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 no overtime. <laughs> yeah, that, that, would be, that would be nice. I am uh... – so I live, so I have a little bit of commute. I'm just going to say, I have a little bit of commute even to home games. It's a FedEx. Um, I am getting a hotel uh, out, outside of, of Landover this time. I'm not making the drive home that night. But yeah, even even with a hotel waiting for me, I would appreciate getting out of that stadium, you know, before the sun starts to come up. Yeah, that would be nice, right? So, all right. It's going to be a, a rock'em sock'em football game. Good old-fashioned rivalry, you know, the the Giants and the Commanders back in the day, they used to be one of the fiercest rivals yeah. in the NFC East of all football, really, you know, right. going back to the 80s and whatnot. So let's see. We'll see how this one shakes out. Bet Online has the coverage of the Lions ahead of this matchup. Welcome to Bet Online All Access. It's the Giants and Commanders on Sunday night. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. It's an NFC East matchup on Sunday Night Football. The Commanders, Anthony, are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Taylor Heineke has got that if factor. I'm leaning towards that. I think they'll win, but the Giants will probably keep this close. Take the points. I'm, I'm a pre-warn everybody. This is not a, a brain thought for me. It's from the heart, boys. I'm just letting y'all know right now. I got to go with the Giants because if they don't win this one, they're not making the playoffs. And I need them in the playoffs, boys. I need them. <laughs> Giants are winless in their last four. Commanders unbeaten in their last four. I think New York might be a popular play here. I'm going to lay the four and a half with Commanders. I'm riding that Taylor Heineke train. Well, thanks so much, guys. Get Giants, Commanders, and so much more on a full episode of All Access at Bet Online's YouTube channel. Bet Online, where the game starts. Too little, too late. That's the phrase that most comes to mind when discussing the Packers. Green Bay has played 500 football the last four weeks, but with Aaron Rodgers nursing injuries and a 5-8 and eight overall record, any shred of postseason hope will be tied to beating the Baker Mayfield-led Rams. Los Angeles simply never had a healthy foot forward in 2022 and had all but thrown in the towel. Now enter... 
Baker Mayfield, who fresh off a 98-yard game-winning drive, could be auditioning for a permanent role with the Rams. This game may not mean much in 2022, but roster moves could be made off these late-season matchups. Travis Rogers from Locked on Rams and Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers have the preview of this Monday night matchup. All right, Travis, let's talk about what we think ultimately decides the outcome on Monday night. It is going to be, as I said, bitter, bitter cold. I've seen forecasts um, that include um, the minus sign in front of the number, um, certainly by the end of the night. So it is going to be cold, cold, not just like L.A. cold, which is 55 and a little windy, right? Yeah, that's um, right. That's exactly what it is, too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you what do you think if you say, okay, I think the game will be decided because of this matchup or this thing. What is that thing? So I'll get to that in just one second. I just, I'm going to tell you a quick story because you will appreciate this. I've only been to Lambeau Field once in my life, and it mm. was for the NFC Championship game between the Packers and the Carolina Panthers. And I might get the year a little bit wrong. It's like 98-ish, somewhere in there. The 97 was the 90. year. 96 was the season. Okay, 96 season. 90s. I was there for the NFC Championship game, and you mentioned I am a California native, born and raised in Los Angeles. I've lived in three places in my life, Los Angeles, Phoenix, and Houston. None mm. of them known for being particularly Now you got that thin blood. <laughs> so I thought I was going to die from the second I stepped out of the car. I had a great time. It was an experience I'll never forget. But to the point of what you're talking about, I do think the weather will be a factor. That even though all the players on the Rams are not native Californians, they do play their football in California. They do practice in California. And you get used to these sorts of elements out here. And you go back to somewhere like Lambeau Field at this time of year and that cold, I think that plays a big factor. But the biggest factor, I think, is, and I know we've talked a lot about him tonight, but uh, is Baker Mayfield. Yeah. If, ba if Baker Mayfield plays anything like he did a week ago, and, and he was really good. It wasn't just good under the circumstances. Under the circumstances, it may be one of the great performances in NFL history, but just in a vacuum, he threw for about 230 yards, he threw a touchdown pass, and he didn't throw any interceptions. It's pretty good, you know, especially coming in. And that one touchdown pass, pretty important. Very important, right? The game-winning touchdown pass to Van Jefferson there at the end. He probably won't duplicate those numbers, but he might throw an additional touchdown pass. He might throw an interception along the way. If he plays well, they got a chance. If he doesn't, well, you're going to see what we've seen you know, uh, nine times previously this year where a lot of three and outs, a lot of very quick drives, a lot of frustrated looks on the face of Sean McVay, a lot of you know, almost – hopelessness from the the front five up front and a defense that you can tell is getting a little more frustrated week after week after week trying to keep teams or keep their team in the game with extraordinary defensive performances going into a game knowing that you have to hold that opponent to 14 or 17 points that's that's a big ask especially if Aaron Rodgers is on the other side so um I think those are the two things I think the weather and if Baker Mayfield can play well again the, he, he has people in L.A.'s attention. He, he really does. I, I didn't think that's a sentence I would be saying this year, but Baker Mayfield made an impact in L.A. like that, and now people are paying attention. Let's see if he can do it again. Uh, to me, this is – this is. Uh, let me put a finer point on what you're saying because I totally agree. This is about big plays. Mm -hmm. So if you're the, if the last time the, the Packers played Baker Mayfield, now different team because of the, the makeup of the Browns, and Nick Chubb ran all over them. I think he had 196 yards mm -hmm. in that game. Joe Barry played a lot of the, the two shell. It was basically mirror images of these two defenses, right? A lot of two high safeties and trying to stop the run with light boxes. Well, one team on the field on Monday is good at that, and the other team is decidedly not. So will Joe Barry take the same approach and say, okay, Baker Mayfield, you're going to have to dink and dunk your way down the field, something he is more than happy to do, 
or are you going to force him to make throws over the top, press these receivers at the line of scrimmage, get a little bit more aggressive and say, actually, Baker, we dare you to make throws. On the flip side, the Rams, unlike the Brandon Staley era, and this was this was less true last year than it is this year, one of the worst teams adjusting for schedule in deep pass defense. It's one of those weird things. Despite the two high safeties, the two the, the deep pass defense, especially on the right side of the field, um, is, is one of those interesting things. I think that's a Jalen Ramsey thing. The teams don't throw at Jalen Ramsey a ton, but when they have this season, they've had success going over the top, right? Mm-hmm. Christian Watson is in the building. Can the Packers, whether it's on Jalen Ramsey or not, can they create some chunk plays? I think that is that is the key here because I don't think they're going to effectively run the football. If they can create those chunk plays and keep Baker Mayfield from creating those chunk plays, I think they win. I think they win in a sort of like 27-17 kind of way. Um, if they don't, then all of a sudden we're talking about a close game and and who knows. I, I, the, the weather is also interesting to me because these are two teams playing for not much. Mm-hmm. And so if it's barely cold, if one team gets out to a 10-point lead, <laughs> is it run, just... Let's run the ball. Let's get the hell out and of I, here. I mean both sides because right. just, just because the Packers live there doesn't mean it doesn't suck if it's minus four, <laughs> right? So you want to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. So I, I think that's also... like I think starting fast for both of these teams is going to be important. If you get out and you score touchdowns on your first two drives, you're going to be feeling really good and the other team's going to be feeling probably less good. And so how does that just psychologically affects these guys? I think that's it. That's just a little subplot to watch here. Yeah, I, I think that your score prediction, that that 27 to 17 number, uh, I if if I'm being honest, I think you're being generous. I don't think that the Rams have a ton of options, despite Mayfield's success last week, to, to score more than a touchdown or two. Um, and a touchdown, I think, if you told me right now they're going to get one, they got one of the best kickers in football. They really haven't gotten a chance to deploy him all that much this year, but <laughs> yeah. Matt Gay has, is, is terrific. The, you know, obviously the weather can affect that as well, and he kicks inside or quasi-inside for SoFi Stadium, um, but he's really good. So if you get into a match where all of a sudden he can kick a couple of 50-plus yard field goals and let them hang around, maybe they can steal one at the end against the Raiders, but if this gets up into the mid to high 20s, I don't think the Rams can keep up. Week 15 will set the table for what should be a frenzied finish throughout the NFL as the season races to the end and thrusts playoff battles onto the national stage. Each and every week, we'll continue to bring you all of the insight and analysis from across our Lockdown Network. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I'm Jordan Black, and this has been NFL Key Predictions.